Hey, let's get to the next one. This is a huge guest. Very excited by this. Um, Australian cricket royalty. He coached Australian to all the successes um, earlier this century. And we say good evening to John Buchanan. G'day, John. G'day, uh, Jack and Ross. That, that sounds a bit scary earlier this century. Well, no, doesn't it? Well, it's 20 years, you know, since you uh, probably took over. Well, yeah, probably even a little bit longer. But yeah. anyway, who's counting? No one. But I still remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday, all those, you know, That's triumphers. Good. That's good. Oh, I'm glad to do. <laughs> John, where do we find you at the moment and what are you up to? Uh, well, in Brisbane, home home is Brisbane, so um, uh, here and um, yeah, run my own consulting business, Buchanan Success Coaching. So that's pretty well what keeps me uh, busy. Although COVID, like everybody, has really affected uh, the way you do business these days. Now, John, are you is, is that sort of more business side of things, or are you dealing with um, sports people, professional sports people as well? Yeah, no, look, it's more corporate, so it is really taking a lot of the things that that I learned around peak performance as a coach with that Australian team, the Queensland team prior to that, and translating that into performance in business. And uh, yeah, if we go back to your uh, coaching and we list the players that we, well, we were running through them before we got you on air, the Warns, McGraths, Pontings... As a coach and as a, like, with your background and history of with, with performance, how, how are you getting, if you look back, how did you get the best out of those players? Well, I guess one of the things that I talk about these days is you want players to be their own best coach. Uh, so whether that's a staff member, whether it's you guys running your, your radio program or your radio station, um, or whether it's a sports person, you really want to try to make sure that the individual knows how they can get themselves to perform at their best. And so you break that down into your technical skills, your physical, your mental, your tactical skills. And that's really the starting point. So if individuals can understand that, one, then they've got a chance of replicating that, you know, putting that out every time they go out to perform. But also it becomes a benchmark from which they can improve their performance over time. So that's really a key. And obviously, you know, with the calibre of players that we had, those benchmarks and standards are very high. And with just so the character of the person, I mean, how much do you have to take into account? You know, like someone like Shane Warne who you know can be a lad, uh, how much of that do you have to take into account and and let some of that be? Look, uh, very important because everybody is an individual, so um, important not to try to clone people into one mould. It's very important to recognise that everybody does have differences and uh, while some of those differences can sometimes bring them into conflict internally within a team or within a team culture or sometimes externally with a public viewer, um, you know, it's still very important to make sure that that person is that person and uh, that's what makes them good. That's what makes people like Warren, McGrath, some of the other players you mentioned, great. So definitely don't want to really intrude on that but at the same stage the job of the coach is to really keep challenging those individuals to be better than what they are either individually or harness that collectively to be better than than what they are and that's that's really what peak performance is all about being able to sustain that over a long period of time and as far as yourself with with those views do you feel that you were given the uh the right 
you know, kudos for doing such a great job with Australian cricket. Do you feel fulfilled by that and and that you're recognised well enough? Oh, look, again, I, I would think that most players and certainly coaches and certainly myself don't necessarily go into it for accolades. Yeah. It's nice to um, get the results that we did over a long period of time. It was a, you know, I was in a privileged position to be part of that group and, and to be part of the success that we had but you know that's really not what it was about it was definitely always about trying to help individuals and teams and leaders just be better at what they were doing and did you feel a moment then too when you were coaching that you really had the team and 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 it was time to put the foot down and and really start beating all these other teams like you did did you did you sense that moment at any stage right from the outset yeah um, you know, that was my first conversation with the team and that was we were going to go on a journey to Everest together. As I said, I, did, I didn't know how long that would be, but Everest was always about trying to change the game, trying to be ahead of the pack, trying to set the new standards. And, and so every series, every tournament, uh, every period of time that we had away playing overseas, that was the always the goal to be ahead of everybody. Now, we achieved that most of the time. Sometimes we didn't. And, and when we didn't, there were reasons why. And even when we did, there were reasons why we were doing what we were doing. And so it was always important to understand that and then try and build upon that or rectify it if there was some issues. And as to now's cricket, what, what do you think about cricket these days? Do you enjoy, like, say, the pink ball, the T20? Do you enjoy that type of cricket? Well, I spent a fair bit of time watching the T20 World Cup just recently. And, um, yeah, look, I, I think what, what cricket offers is that it just offers a whole range of different ways of getting involved in the game. You know, we see in England there's a, you know, the T10 now. Um, various countries have got different sort of leagues set up. Um, and now pink ball cricket is another form of the long game. So, you know, these days I think young people really are introduced to cricket by way of the short version, by way of the excitement. And then as they progress, if they wish to, in their careers, then it's about converting that into the long game. You know, my, my time and, and uh, before me and, and a little bit after me, it was all about the long game first and then gradually converting your skills into the short game, which was only, you know, the, the 50 over game. But, you know, cricket offers just a wide range of opportunities to be involved in the game for men and women. And, um, you know, it's a sport that basically encompasses most things apart from swimming. Uh, albeit if it's a rainy day, maybe you, you get the opportunity to do that as well. But it encompasses, uh, you know, just a whole range of physical, mental and technical skills that I think is just so good for, for young people. Um, you know, just learning to be more about themselves through sport. And the current state of the Australian team with, without a captain, firstly, just an opinion, I suppose, or a comment, on the Tim Payne issue, but uh, how do you how do you feel that's going to go moving forward? Oh, well, obviously they they have to replace Tim Payne as captain. Uh, they're, they're sitting about doing the task now, and um, you know they'll they'll find uh, a captain more than likely. It looks like it's Pat Cummins, I would think, um, and he'll be there for the the Ashes. You know. Uh, certainly a, a baptism of fire for a new captain. He'll have a new vice-captain too, I presume. Uh, so that'll present a new leadership group. Justin Langer 
uh, with his support crew will help work with Pat and uh, and uh, the vice captain and the leadership team of that group. And, you know, I think they're in pretty good shape and, and they come off, you know, a huge amount of confidence out of, out of the T20 World Cup. So, you know, they come up against a, an English side that's also battling with a few off-field issues and uh, haven't played necessarily all that well consistently in Australia. So, you know, I look forward to Australia playing exceptionally well through the Ashes. Yeah, very good. Now, tell us, what's it like? I mean, with I mean, obviously your career, and there's a lot of been questions about how good a coach you actually were um, through with Shane Warne and that. Like, how did you deal with that during it? Because he often questioned your your status and um, yeah. the way you went about it. I mean, is that? Un- I mean, yeah. that's completely unfair in my eyes. But how did yeah. you deal with it? Yeah, oh, completely unfair in my eyes as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, look, again, as we just said before, um, you know, every individual has both strengths and weaknesses, same as me. And, you know, my job was to try to harness all the abilities in that room, all the capabilities in, in the dressing room, and uh, then put out a team onto the park that could perform at its best now. It doesn't mean that it always goes smoothly. It doesn't mean that everybody likes you all the time. Um, you know, it's it's a relatively large family and there will always be some conflicts. There will always be some differences of opinion and there are different backgrounds, you know. So, But I think conflict generally, if it's handled well by leaders and coaches, is, is a good and healthy thing for a team because, you know, that does question... Um, the way things are being done that does question individuals and if as I say that's handled well it becomes a really really um, powerful tool to, to grow to grow that team and I think that's what we achieved over time albeit there were certain circumstances and incidents with a warning or whoever it might have been that you know potentially could have derailed that but you know I don't think that really occurred over time, and and so we were the, all of us were the beneficiaries of of the abilities of that group. Uh, we've had uh, Brad Hodge on the show. He's one of my favourites, our favourites. Uh, in your time, well, I mean, we consider him unlucky. Uh, yep. You obviously, you probably had a set whole second team you could have selected. Was that difficult at the time? Oh, of course. Of course it was, and it was difficult for someone like Brad, you know. So, uh, you know, just an exceptionally good player uh, around the world and obviously demonstrated in test matches, scored a 200, uh, that he could play at that level as well. But the, the team was so bristling full of talented players that it was difficult, very, very difficult for players to force their way in. And, you know, that's an unfortunate thing. You know, what life and what the world is often about timing and opportunity. And, uh, you know, the timing might have been right for Brad in terms of his abilities, but unfortunately the opportunities just didn't present themselves at the, at the right time for him. So, unfortunate, but he wasn't the only person that mm. fell into that sort of category. There were a lot of other players at that time that really possibly deserved either selection or longer terms in the team, but just uh, weren't able to secure that. And as far as coachability, who was that player that you that you know you had a, a great influence on and, and that because of that became a much better player? Who, who, was, who would you put that down to? Yeah, look, I guess as a coach too, you'd like to think that you had an influence on, on everybody, possibly some a little bit more than others, but you know, people that, um, like a Mike Hussey, Mr. Cricket, if you like, who 
was a really detailed, methodical person and whatever you said, he would at least take it on board and then filter it through his own ways and means of doing that and, and look to apply it wherever he could, you know. But I, I don't particularly like singling out players, you know, the... The Andrew Simons of the world who are completely at the other end of the spectrum from a Mike Hussey in terms of being methodical and detailed just was an incredible athlete, but a a person who really responded to um, certain styles of coaching or certain methods or certain things that we were doing, you know. So I I just think, you know, most coaches would say that they have had some influence uh, on all the players that they have... uh, you know, been coaching or, or coming into contact with in some way, shape, or form, and and um, you know, at the end of the day, that's really part of why you coach. That's that's what you hope you can achieve, just to have some influence on somebody's career. Hopefully, a positive influence, of course. <laughs> of course. Now, we we roll off um, some of your achievements you achieved during the, your time with Australia. That's you know, sixteen Test wins in a row, three World Cups. Um, the last time Australia have beaten England in England in 2001 and the 2006-2007 Ashes series where we washed them 5 nil. What was your favourite? Um, in fact, it was only, I was only involved in the two World Cup wins. The first, yeah. the, the first one was uh, with Jeff Marsh back over yeah, in uh, mm-hmm. the UK. But, we got two. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got two. We got glad two. you're not claiming it. That's, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, oh, look, they're, they're all... Um, lots of special moments in there even even the 2005 loss that we had um, I yep. didn't really enjoy it at the time but it was the catalyst for how well we played for the next 20 months so in, in a sense that became a, a special moment in time uh, you know, as I say in turbulent times you, you learn how to lead and you learn a lot more about yourself and, and that was part of that but I suppose you know cricket wise it's very hard to go past coaching Queensland in our first Sheffield Shield when that was my first season coaching and that was a Queensland first never won the Shield and there it was in 95 March 95 we won the Shield and that was a very very special time uh, you know with the Australian team obviously all the the wins and the tournament wins and the successive test match wins uh, you know they're all fantastic records and I suppose again the first time uh, standing with the team which was in Brisbane in 99 for a test match against Pakistan that was a special moment to be able to stand and seeing the national anthem in front of your home crowd in front of your family was very special because like all many young boys many young girls these days you dreamed of wearing the bag green cap yourself but I was never good enough to do that but that was the next closest thing Will you be at the test, uh, the Brisbane test? You'll head out to that one? Yes, yeah, no, I'll be there. It's it's a good viewing good viewing ground and uh, it's not pink ball this year, it's not day night Day Nighter in Adelaide. Yeah, no. So first test in Brisbane, and then uh, moved to the Day Nighter after oh, nice. that. So uh, it it should be a really interesting start because the, the Gabba Wicket, as we know, is always uh, just a happy hunting ground yes. in Australia, and a very deep graveyard for visiting teams. Well, we want Starkey and, to find uh, some form on there as well, too. Well, I'm sure he'll be okay. I'm sure he'll be okay, and uh, I think Australia will kick off the Ashes pretty well up here, provided we get. Um, you know, good fine weather. It's, it's pretty damp and 
um, overcast and still forecast right into next week. So, um, yeah, that, that should spice up the wicket nicely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, John, we, we could chat for hours about what you achieved and yeah. little stories, I'm sure, along the way. But we've got to leave it there. Thank you so much for taking your time to chat to us, mate. It's yeah. been a real thrill. Um, and, yes, hopefully, hopefully um, Australia get up in the ashes. Indeed. Pleasure, guys. Thanks, nice John. With you. Yeah. Thank you. There we go. John Buchanan, former Australian cricket coach.